Shall we discuss whether or not we're going to do another James Patterson? Patterson. Patterson. is that Christmas one. Is it out already? This year, while we're enjoying the warmth of Christmas, the Women's Murder Club will be out in the cold chasing killers. About a women's crime club. The Women's Murder Club is back. Read 19th Christmas. Should we actually read it? Well, I've come up with an ingenious idea that I'm going to call James Patterson Bingo. Merry 19th Christmas, ladies. I'm pretty sure I came up with that idea. James Patterson. Yeah. There's a full stop on the end of that sentence. I really have. <laughs> oh, I just. I keep meaning to tell. Actually, I don't because I think I watched this in between the last time I, I spoke to you. But um, I've been trying to remember to tell you it. Have you seen the documentary on Netflix uh, about Jeffrey Epstein? Oh, uh, dead something or dead filthy or something yeah, something like that. Like that. Something yeah. like that. No, I've, I've, I've scored past it, but I've not yet watched it. Don't tell me J- James Patterson was involved in the Epstein. No. Absol- How deeply? Well, okay. Well, first off, don't bother with the documentary. It's crap. Um, okay. It's, cool. it's the, you know, that kind of Netflix thing where it's like five minutes of information and five hours of establishing shots. Of, yes. And cool. suspenseful music. Um, but in episode one, and frankly, the only thing that kept me hooked... Uh, James Patterson turns up. Precisely. He. um, Oh my God. Someone told me this ages ago, and I I don't know why I totally forgot it. But he was uh, Epstein's neighbour in Florida. Wow. And where where a lot of horrible stuff happened. Sure. Does this uh, any any evidence that James Patterson himself was involved? Well, you know, allowed to make those accusations. (laughs) Partly, I was hoping that he would get not not that I wanted him to be complicit, obviously. But I sort of hoped he would just get wrapped up in the case somehow. You know, that you'd become a key witness, be hauled in front of uh, <laughs> a, like a governing body. And What a bizarre connection. Yeah, he was. it was so strange because he came out of nowhere. Um, uh-huh. But I have to say, apart from his involvement, it's a, it's a rubbish documentary. But I recommend, I'm pretty certain it's the first episode and I'm pretty certain it's not too far in. Um, uh-huh. Frankly, like scroll through until you see him and just watch his bits. He comes off as completely baffled and... Like clueless and weirdly, uh, oh, Ash, I've just looked something up. I've just looked something up that's going to put all of this into perspective. Oh, the documentary is based on a book James Patterson wrote about he wrote the book Filthy Rich. <laughs> You're kidding. No, Jesus. he wrote the doc. The documentary you watch is watched is based on a book written by James Patterson. Well, I thought it was Netflix's fault, but that explains why the, it's so dull and. Um, that explains why he's there. Yeah, as well, I guess. But that no. Okay, so, so we, someone had said, like, did you know that James Patterson was Epstein's neighbor? Someone who listens to the podcast is probably my brother. Um, uh huh. So I, I was. I didn't realise there might be another connection, but he actually wrote a book, got you. Well, we know what that means, don't we? Uh, he didn't write it. He will have put his name on it. But what, what this means is, even if we can't cast aspersions about James Patterson, he is at least cashed in on, <laughs> on living next a child to abuse on a child abuse ring. Yeah. So I don't feel I do not feel guilty in any way about all of the horrible jokes I'm gonna make about James Patterson. <laughs> there was over some the course of I mean it all it all comes together now. Um, it's a much, much more satisfying mystery solved than anything in this book will be. 
but uh, um, there were moments of comically stupid. You know, it's that kind of Netflix documentary where they get everyone to explain everything five times. Um, oh. And the over-explaining reaches sort of comic, surreal moments like James Patterson. So, for instance, he Epstein had an island in the, I think, in the Virgin Islands somewhere. Um, uh-huh. And there's a bit of voiceover where they go, yeah, he had this exclusive island where he, he brought underage masseuses out and he invited the rich and famous to come out. Uh, that island uh, gained a nickname, Pedophile Island. And they immediately cut to someone else going, but that's not what Jeffrey Epstein called it. And you're just like... What did Jeffrey Epstein call it? Well, I, What I, did he call it? Well, it's just like, no, you're kidding me. The notoriously reclusive billionaire sex predator didn't refer to his island as <laughs> Pedophile okay. Island. Pedophile Island. <laughs> it makes me think of like Richard Attenborough, you know. Welcome to Pedophile Island. What it, make, what it makes me think of is, do you remember the first live action Scooby-Doo movie? I do, yes. With Buffy. Where they all go to Spooky Island. Oh yeah, Spooky Island. Nothing will go wrong there. I kind of imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Scooby, the, the, the mystery gang all go to investigate a mystery on Pedophile Island. Well, I'd actually oh, forgotten okay, that well, Patterson even wrote factual stuff. And he, he did something on the Clintons, I think, maybe the Kennedys. Well, I mean, he did write a book with former President Bill Clinton. Oh, yeah, maybe I'm, <clears throat> maybe I'm confusing that. I think maybe he he wrote something on the Kennedys. But obviously, He's, like... I guarantee... He didn't. James Patterson has written, I'm doing air quotes, written young adult books, children's books, mm. picture books, probably, probably done a word search book, like... His, he's a brand. His name on anything doesn't mean anything. But what it does mean is you can criticise him for what he attaches his name to, i.e. a cash-in on notorious billionaire paedophile <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein's... Um, this, this, apparently the book was written in 2016, so he was cashing in while he was still alive and still abusing. He didn't even wait until he was cold. Yeah. I wish he'd given it a goofy title like The Paedophile Next Door. Whoa. Well, he's called it Filth, he's called it filthy Rich, which is mm. already minimising decades of pedophilia he really it, he doesn't to say it's his kind of project he really doesn't come across well at all like and i wasn't biased in a strange way mm-hmm. because he i associate him with doing this with you i was almost rooting for him because the the series was so dull that it was the most sort of well who else are you gonna well, exactly the yeah other, the other name attached to this documentary but he comes off as a clueless rich guy next door who despite everything that's happened, is really impressed by Epstein's show of wealth. He, like, slobbers over his jets fuck's sake. and stuff. It's, it's That's kind of gross. Just really, really tone deaf. Anyway. Just for context, let's see. Uh, James Patterson's total income over the last decade is $700 million. Wow. Um, I think potentially only surpassed by J.K. Rowling. Gosh. Okay, million. well, welcome back to the um, Jeffrey Epstein conspiracy podcast. Me and Ashley. I thought you were about to say Jeffrey Epstein bingo then. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein bingo. Um, oh. Well, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep keep that nasty stuff. It's a grim, it's a grim watch. Although I have to say the, the, the Netflix format of uh-huh. um, very little. I mean, I, I enjoyed Tiger King. Maybe you did too. The world seems to have enjoyed watching. I didn't watch oh, okay. it. But even that had so much bloat, you know, this the Netflix sort of, why make it 90 minutes when, like Tanker King could have been a really good 90 minute kind of comic documentary, something that Errol Morris might do. But instead it's like fucking six hours. 
There's yeah. no reason for it whatsoever, oh, sure. except Netflix make their money that way. But it's it's so um, ubiquitous now that and and familiar that I I literally could, by the seat of my pants, just skip. And you just know, like, okay, that was a bit of information. So it's going to be ten minutes now of people repeating themselves, and then probably ten minutes of fucking palm trees, as they build up some suspense. Do you want me to do you want me to bring this background to Patterson quickly? Yeah, I'm doing some backgrounding on Patterson. And apparently him and Stephen King have a feud. Oh. Got some choice quotes here. Uh, Stephen King referred to Patterson as a terrible writer, but he's very successful. King also implied while being asked on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert about how many hours it takes him to write a book, that Patterson needed only 12 hours for two books, noting that he and Patterson had a mutual respect, sort of. <laughs> Patterson said of, James Patterson said of Stephen King in a Wall Street Journal interview, he's taken shots at me for years. It's fine, but my approach is to do the opposite with him, to heap praise. Jesus. It's like, um, wow, those, that's they're fun. made for each other. It's like Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. Exactly, I was about to say, it's the lit- literary version of them. Yeah. Oh, right. I'll get, do you want me to get a random number generator yeah, up and we'll get this, back we? into our, our eternal purgatory? Well, I would love to, um, can you imagine if they were put, you know, have you seen that amazing, um, video of Gore Vidal and Norman Mailer on the Dick Cavett show. Yes. Yeah. Wouldn't you love to see, for, just for how terrible it would be, the Stephen King versus James Patterson? I want to see them both do a mountain of cocaine and write a book together. <laughs> right. We have a number. Great. Lucky number seven. Lucky number seven. Whoa, an early one. An early one. Maybe some context for once. Okay, well, uh, we've definitely not done it. For context, we've done the one before it, and the description is jail-free. You know, it's been a while since we've it done this. Like one of these. This is this is this uh, this is the downside of the ones where you you made us do it one word. We have even less chance of remembering what it is. That's true, but I, I, I'm taking the longer view when we actually read this all out in one go. I think we're going to be when it turns into our epic poem. Yeah. Just quickly for anyone who's insane enough to click on James Patterson Bingo Part Nine, I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd... we know we we know we know it's just you listening now, James. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who are listening for the first time, what we're doing is we're taking a James Patterson book called Nineteenth Christmas. We're randomly generating a number and reading that chapter, trying to piece out what the hell is going on. Um, it's been a strange affair so far. Occasionally, um, very funny. Rarely though, it feels distant now. Rarely funny. <laughs> um, often just bleak. But someone has to do it. God someone damn it! Has to, yeah, that's exactly what the world's been crying out for. <laughs> okay, um, I might try voices. I know voices didn't go down well that one time I tried, but just just don't do any accents. Yeah, I, I will stay away from accents. I'll run them past you, <laughs> edit it out. Okay. If there's any, if there's any hard cuts, you can assume that that there's been a mishap. It just cuts to the Siri voice. <laughs> You'll know. You know, I'll did. A, I've done a racism. Um, okay. Chapter 7. Lambert gave a long, reluctant sigh, clasped his cuffed hands in front of him. That wasn't reluctant enough. I'm not doing it again. (laughs) Clasped his cuffed hands in front of him on the table and said, This is going to blow your minds. (laughs) He takes out one of those those birds that dips its head into water. (laughs) (laughs) He just, like, got your nose. (laughs) Uh, he paused for effect. Wow. He paused for effect. He's got my nose. <laughs> Jesus, Conklin, he's got my nose. Shoot him. He's got my conk. <laughs> he's got my conk. He's got my conk. He paused for effect, and when he got no reaction, he said, I heard that something something big 
is going down in a couple of days. I promise this is worth more to you than this little bust for stealing what I thought was a fruitcake and then bowling with pedestrians. Bulls. That's a really nasty way to refer to a hit and run. Yeah, so he, he ran people over and he, he pushed people over as he ran away. And didn't he have like posh uh-huh. clothes in his bags? Wasn't that the thing? Is, it, is this the guy who had um, designer designer clothing yeah. bags for some reason? And he, yeah. he's going to end up okay. wanking himself to death. We already know that. Because <laughs> that's one of our first <laughs> chapter titles. Um, so oh. he's doomed. But stealing he's a fruitcake... What? No, I don't remember I don't that. Remember him saying, I, "Is this some? Is this some bizarre Boston slang?" Yeah, or or wherever the hell this is, or some kind of weird attempt at humour. I don't know. <laughs> um, how should Conklin talk? Reedy, like like someone like someone who's got a, a block nose. Oh, I've got you, yeah. Conklin like said, "One large nose." Get serious, Lambert. You scared a lot of people, <laughs> and Mister King is looking to press charges. Mr. King! Mr. King is looking to press charges of all of the horrible things James Patterson has said about him over the years. <laughs> Stephen King himself has entered the story. I bet he's got one of those sort of shitty little mugs on his desk that says, never insult a writer, you might end up in my novel. <laughs> I, pref- I, I like the idea that his kids have bought him like world's best writer mug. Yeah, there's a the, you know there's going to be a little top 10 tips for writing on his desk. What, maybe by James Patterson. Yeah, maybe maybe on Lou Roll or like a calendar that he pulls off and it's like March <laughs> is like be yourself. He has a word a day calendar that he has to use every time he writes. The. <laughs> um oh. okay. What's this big something? Be specific. There's going to be a heist on Christmas Day, said Lambert. A heist? Conklin said. Whoops. <laughs> Need to get a bit more hand-eye coordination. An armed robbery? Yeah. Maybe the biggest one in the history of this town. I thought, yeah, sure. That's in italics. I don't even know who's the narrator yet, but I... Lindsay? Pro- Lindsay and Conklin seem to hang out They're quite the pet, often. Yeah. But move... <laughs> this is great. I thought, yeah, sure. But movies with big heists flashed through my mind. He didn't even bother thinking of a movie with a heist in it. He didn't... Not, it's not fucking Snatch. It's not the movie Heist. Well, hang you on. You know, he didn't even... oh But movies with big heists flashed through my mind. Heat, Ocean's oh, Eleven, through 13. <laughs> <laughs> Diamonds oh, Are Forever, shit. and Goldfinger. And my favourite... That's, that's two James Bond films. Yeah, he clearly couldn't think of any, could he? Because he's gone Heat, which is the obvious heist movie, the one that yeah. everyone's seen. Oceans 11 through 13. He just wanted to mention a yeah. couple. So he bothered mentioning yeah. the sequels. Yeah, Diamonds Are Forever and Goldfinger. What are the heists in Goldfinger's office? Goldfinger heist, heist. Fort Knox. Yeah, Diamonds Are Forever. When's Diamonds heist? Are Forever. Is there, is there not a diamond heist? Is that not what the. I've never actually seen that one. I have. I should remember. I've watched it loads of times. I can't remember a heist, though. Anyway. There is always a chance that James Patterson has not seen it either and just put the name in of a film he like yeah a film he thought sounded like it should be about a heist although of all of them like those two are so his era like i would imagine he's got his stuff right on the old bond films and he's just for the others he's googled heist movies he's asked his children what's some heist films that have come out oceans 11 oceans 12 through 13 well obviously dad oceans 11 through 13 maybe think maybe thinks that's the title of one of the films (laughs) yeah And my favourite, the Pink Panther movies, also his era. My sister and I still found them hilarious and watched one whenever we spent time together. That's 
limited. Oh, what a lazy fucking reference. Why would you... Ugh. I can't imagine loving a series so much that I watch it every single time I see my sister. You have to be a demented to do that. <laughs> yeah, that, that, all, that all tracks with what we know about James Patterson. Yeah. I said to the Dasher, so you're talking about a bank robbery, underground tunnels, things like that. I don't really know who's talking here, but I'm going to assume it's Lambert. I overheard this conversation in the bar, so I don't have all the pieces. I'm aware that his accent's changed every time I've done it, but I'm just. I like, I like it out. the idea that he's. I like the idea that he's also putting on an <laughs> yeah. accent and can't remember which accent he's supposed to be doing. Yeah, he's got like three fake IDs on the table. <laughs> he's trying to play good, good Lambert, bad Lambert, back to them with himself. Yeah. How about some pieces? I said. Do you have some? This is a one word paragraph all on its own, Adam. Crickets. Oh dear, that's that's another cliche. If, if we were actually, if we were doing the proper thing and had actually written up a bingo card for this, I would have maybe have put some sort of cricket metaphor for silence in somewhere. Yeah, or at least the one line, sort of supposedly snappy. One sorry, one word paragraph. Yeah, that's quips. as lazy as you might as well put brackets awkward silence. Yeah, it's dead. I turned to Conklin and said, "Mr. Lambert is just making stuff up." It's been a long day already, and I've had enough. Time to send him up to his cell and move on. Lambert said to Conklin, A little patience, please, officer. I'm getting to it. It's dangerous for me to talk to you, understand? Conklin shrugged, stood up, pushed his chair in, and said, Sergeant Boxer is the boss. She says we're done. We're done. Okay, listen, said Lambert. I've got the crew chief's name. Loman. You'll have something on him in your database. Big Willie. Big Willie. I asked, like the off-price clothing chain, L-O-E-H-M-A-N-N. <laughs> Does she spell it out? Yep. Okay. No idea. I never seen his name in writing. <laughs> well, wait, 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 wait. How is it spelled when, how is it spelled when he says it? Like Willie Loman, L-O-M-A-N. This doesn't work when yeah. you're writing a book. You can't do a bit about not knowing how his name's spelled. When mm. you have somebody who knows his name saying it in dialogue, <laughs> but you have to write it down. <laughs> so this <stupid>. doesn't work. <laughs> I've got a feeling like don't, uh, later, isn't there some business about how his online name is like Lemon? And so they, they recognize that it looks like Loman. So I have a feeling that's, this where, is the lemon, heavily... that's where the lemon, that's where the lemon walks comes from. Isn't the it? lemon walks. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're trying to very much make this clear, but as if it's TV, like you might, mishear it well we're seeing it all the the whole way through he's written it like it's a fucking screenplay a shit screenplay shit telly no idea i never seen his name in writing apart from in the paragraph above me (laughs) neither has the reader (laughs) mr loman's first name mr look he just calls himself mr loman that's all i know wait here i'll be right back i said I went to my desk, said hey to a couple of colleagues, then brought my computer hey, to life. Hey, 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 <laughs> said, said hey to a couple of my colleagues, then brought my computer to life, like mouth to mouth. Yeah, kicked it a bit. You're going to hate this. I ran the names Lerman, Loman, and Loman through all available databases, basically three different spellings. Through all available data, types it into fucking types into fucking Bing. Doesn't come back with anything. Just all three of them together. No spaces. (laughs) Too many hits came up. 
dozens in San Francisco. I needed, I'd need more information about who we were looking for to do anything with this tip. And the first name, Mr., wasn't cutting it. Oh, my God. Crickets, am I right? This is, this is awful. This is the worst chapter. I say that every chapter, but you this do. is the worst chapter. My fingers were warmed up, so I ran Julian Lambert's name again. As he'd said, he'd served short time and was currently on probation for shoplifting. But now that he'd claimed knowledge of a huge heist, I punched his name into the FBI database. Bam, 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 bam. Just right into the screen. <laughs> and I found zip, zero, nada. Oh my, wait, that's actually in there. Yeah, I found zip, zero, nada. Right, this is, this is, I have a lot of conspiracy theories about James Patterson. Some of them now involving Jeffrey Epstein for some reason. But this is adding a lot of credence to my theory that this is written by an algorithm. Mm, yeah. All of these cliches. It's the cliches that don't do anything. Like sometimes you see a cliche and you realize like it, it's, it functions on the, on the plot level. I understand why you've used it. But other times it's like, why have you... I found nothing would be more effective than I found zip this zero is nada. Like, this is like the supermarket own brand version of, a, of writing. Yeah, definitely. You know, it, it, is, it is writing by definition. Big bag of white rice, this. Big bag of white writing. <laughs> and Lambert oh. had no known associates, associates named Loman on record. Our runner looked to be a liar. <laughs> He goes on, to his, goes on to his Bebo page and he's in his, in his friends list. Our runner looked to be a liar, a nobody, and an utter waste of time. That is, you could say that about James Pass. <laughs> I mean, it's too good. It's too good. It's too on the nose. Um, too on the Conklin. And that's it for chapter seven. Fuck I, me. Nothing happened in that chapter. I already can't remember it. It's um, gone from my brain. Before we move on, I want to defend mm. myself to say that I'm not insane. They've started replacing journalists on things like msn.com and yahoo.com with AI that write copy. Oh, really? I could believe it. So I fully... There is a part of me that believes that large chunks of James Patterson's writing is written by an AI. The way articles work has changed so much. Like, they are not material that can even be kind of archived anymore. You just update any errors yeah. or whatever changes in a certain situation on the same article. Because yeah. that's how you get keep your algorithms relevant. There's no point reporting on last week's football or last week's whatever yeah. um, if it's already been provably, you know, it's changed. So you just update yeah. the same page. And so, yeah, I can totally believe that's, that's by AI because it's all it reads all the same everywhere. So yeah. it's copied from... Like this fucking book. And speaking like of, book. Next, yeah. next number. Oh, actually, no, we, how, how, how the fuck do we even sum that chapter up? Just nada, maybe? Zip. Nada, nothing. Zip zero, nada. That was it. All right, I hit, I hit a number, and this is yep. bizarre. This is going to be the closest two numbers we've ever done together. Uh, it's number five. Oh. Five? Oh, wow. That means yeah. we've got five, six, seven. Oh, yeah. but it means we're still with fucking Julian Lambert, isn't it? Yeah. I just want to know if there's any, any you know, subtle foreshadowing that this character's going to wank himself to death. <laughs> Maybe I'll try and work it into my performance. Chapter 5. That day, Yuki was in sentencing court, standing before the bar. Across Having the aisle... <laughs> Pint in hand. Across the aisle, defence counsel Alison Junker stood with her client, Sandra McDowell. That's a whole lot of names to throw at me in one sentence, James. Another name, hooray. 
McDowell was a 53-year-old woman who had lost control of her car and ploughed into care. a gang of kids <laughs> exiting care. a sports bar on care. Fillmore Street. But Adam, it was I on Fillmore care. Street. Oh, it was on Fillmore Street. Oh, yeah. yeah. Couldn't have just put a full stop after the end of Crowd of Kids there, could you, James? You just had to specify what street it was on because you needed to pad out your word count, didn't you, James? Um, if we ever do this again, which we won't. <laughs> no. But just in that hypothetical <laughs> designing a bingo card yeah. idea, women and driving, add that to the list. Do you, know, do you know how we should have done this? Yeah. We should have gotten a whole load of different James Patterson books and pulled random chapters out of those and see how many similarities we could have found. Yeah, but that would That's involve reading Patterson. The whole idea of doing this was because we had done that before, read it separately and then talked about it. And the experience of reading it is so miserable. Oh, no, no. I, I mean, like you get like four or five different James Patterson books and then you do the random number generator to pull a random chapter out of one of those. And then you oh, see okay. how many of the things on the Patterson bingo card that chapter hits. Without without committing too much to this, could we actually maybe try and write a not particularly long, but robust enough James Patterson? I think so. I think that would be more interesting. But just um, cobble one together, like almost like a read-along. Yeah. Yeah. We could just build it out of those cliches. But I, I really like, I think it came up last time. And it's what made me think whilst watching that documentary was when it's so banal, it becomes, it has really, really, it, the, the potential for really surreal moments goes right up because he over-describes yeah. so much that when you suddenly leave a gap, you know, I can't remember what it was last time, but so he, you ridiculously describe yeah. someone's shoes and hands and nothing else. And it just sounds and like... Just assume they're not wearing <laughs> trousers, you know. Yeah, or they don't have legs, they're floating, <laughs> you know. Um, oh. Maybe that's just us going insane because we've read this too long. But someone, I, I, someone I who's like listening to these in someone's listening to these in order, and maybe not <laughs> realizing how far apart we film these, realize film record these makes us. May, they must think that this has driven us insane, completely. Yeah, insane. we just get, we just get, uh, we have, we both have chronic memory issues. Um, <laughs> I mean, I should, I should, oh. I should know them better because I do edit them. So no, I think it's just more opportunity to forget them. Because it all just jars and goes together, yeah. It's all just the fucking same. Right, keep keep going. It was on Fillmore Street, my favourite street in San Francisco. Fillmore Street. And do you remember, it was Sandra McDowell, just so you know. She's Sandra 53, McDowell, Adam. 53, that's, and that's, she ploughed into a crowd of kids, and she's being defended be by, um, by Juncker, the um, famous wow. German engineer. <laughs> <laughs> there had been no fatalities, thankfully, but three of the boys she'd hit had been hospitalised with an assortment of injuries to heads and limbs. Do they, can and, I have their names and ages and what streets they live on, please, James? Don't tempt him, Adam. He might hear you. <laughs> and one of them had been in a coma since the incident, which had happened weeks before. Good. 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 Kid in a coma. Two, two sentences in. Injuries specifically to the heads and limbs. Yep. Got you. McDowell had admitted to driving while intoxicated and making an illegal left turn. She had pleaded guilty, been remanded to the court without bail, and been in jail since her <coughs> arraignment. Yuki expected the sentencing hearing to be swift, smooth, and punishing. <laughs> like this book. No, the opposite. The opposite of swift, smooth, and... Punishing. Whatever the opposite of swift and smooth is. Drawn out, rough, and punishing. <laughs> Judge Judy Schlager was on the bench. No. I hope I get to do a voice for Judge her. Judy? Oh my god! He's, I didn't what, even notice. <laughs> you know, you know, you, you know what Judge Judy's full name is? It's like Judge Judy Shiner. Really? Yes, he's changed one syllable. 
Judge Judy Schlager. That is absolutely ridiculous. The, the, I think we've confirmed that with names, there's too many to, for it to be an accident. There are too many stupid names. Yeah. Um, he does this on purpose. Bubbling yeah. Waters. Bubbling Waters. He's going to be with me forever. Yeah. Bubbling Waters almost makes this process wor- worth it. Just that one. Just that one name. one name. Judge Judy Schlager was on the bench, presiding over a full courtroom. It wasn't yet the end of the day, and she'd sentenced over 200 people since 9am. Jesus, she's going through Wait, them. wait, wait. Sorry, just b- b- before we go on, mm. I've uncovered some deep lore about Bubbling Waters. <laughs> I just typed her name into Google. She's a recurring character in these books. You're kidding me. She turns up as the security guard whenever they go to the courtroom. Ah. It's a running joke, how stupid that name is. He's thought of one funny name and he uses it every time. We thought of loads of funny names that are, that are sort of bad jokes. You know, they're not, they're not that funny, really. But they just they stick out because it's such a bland landscape. You know, it's like the surreal thing Ash. again. Ash, is the joke on us? Are these bad on purpose and we've been completely fooled? I would prefer it if that was true. If we're being overly sort of like amazed that it's so shit. But I suspect the more boring answer is true, is that he's lazy. He hires someone else to do it. They're they're kind of made to They don't give a shit either. And they put a whole load of dumb names into it. Yeah, exactly. Like you say, Tesco brand white rice. (laughs) Um, So it wasn't yet the end of the day and she'd sentenced over 200 people since 9am. Bam, 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 bam. That's just the, that's the hammer. Every death, time death, death, comes death, in. death, 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 death. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a record to break. Come on. <laughs> this 53-year-old woman accidentally ran over a cat. Death, 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 death. Death. <laughs> hang, 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 hang. We don't do that anymore. Inject. Got inject. another 300 to do before lunch. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. She looked unfazed, even chipper. A small pin reading number. <laughs> Sorry, this is number one judge. No, this is just really funny given what we just said. A small pin reading number one Nana sparkled on her collar. <laughs> <laughs> death, 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 death. The judge says, "Miss Castellano, talk to me." Yuki looked at Judge Schlager and said, "Oh, Yuki, I'm not going to try anything. Don't. No. God, please, God." Your Honour, Mrs. McDowell was indisputably drunk when she took an illegal left turn and ploughed into pedestrians crossing with the light. She injured four young college students, one of whom, a rising football star, is still comatose. First officer on the scene... Comatose. Comatose. (laughs) Comatose, comatose, comatose. First officer on the scene gave Mrs. McDowell a breathalyzer test. Her blood alcohol was 0.15. In his words, she was severely impaired. The judge flipped through papers in front of her and asked, She called the police of her own accord? Yes, Your Honour, said the defendant's counsel, Mrs. Junker. Sorry. Yes! Um, what, what, German. German. Ah, yeah. Go on. Yeah, Your Honour. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Your Honour, said the defendant's counsel, Mrs. Junker. And she pleaded guilty. Yeah, Your Honour. That's just shouting, isn't it? That's just that. That's what a German accent is. Yuki said, "Your Honour, this is not Mrs. McDowell's first DUI. We've be- we're asking for a sentence of three to five years, time commensurate with the pain and suffering of her victims. It's too soon to tell, but some of their injuries may be permanent." The defendant was now weeping noisily into her hands. Judge Judy Schlager addressed the defendant. 
it's such it's so it's so obviously judge judy I know. oh my god i know mrs mcdowell it says here that you are a pharmacist married two children in college and this prior dui was a one car accident <laughs> yes your honor i hit a tree <laughs> came out of nowhere is she still drunk yeah <laughs> that's all i went with the judge said don't you just hate those jaywalking trees? Your Honour! That's not German. Your Honour! said Mrs. Junker. Mrs. Mc... Oh, fuck it. Mrs. McDowell is a good citizen. Her entire family is dependent on her income, including her husband, who has MS and is confined to a wheelchair. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Why is the ble- there's so much bleak stuff worked into these background characters? She has accepted responsibility for this accident from the time it happened and is unbelievably sorry. She intends to join AA upon her release. We urge the court to show leniency. Mercy! Judge Slager winkled her brow and looked towards the back of the courtroom at a scuffle that had gotten out of control. She banged her gavel and demanded silence in the court, even as Sandra McDowell continued to cry. Yuki would be happy with her three-year sentence. It would get McDowell off the street, and during that time, she hoped to get those college boys. She she hoped that those college boys would recover from their injuries, get PT, and return to the lives they had planned before McDowell ran into them with her Buick. <laughs> Judge okay. Slager said, "Mrs. McDowell, before I impose a sentence, do you have anything to say?" Oh, oh God, it's going to be awful. Mrs. McDowell dabbed at her face with a tissue and blew her nose. When she had regained her composure, she said, "Your Honour." I'm more sorry than I can say. I'm only grateful <laughs> that I didn't kill anyone. But what I did was inexcusable. <laughs> Whatever sentence you think fair is acceptable to me. <laughs> wow. Judge Slager says, said, Mrs. McDowell, I'm revoking your driver licence and giving you a year of probation, including eight months of community service, 20 hours a week. Do not drive. If one year from now your probation officer reports to me that you've attended AA and completed your community service and automotive abstinence, this court will be done with you. I'm releasing you today for the time served. Next time there will... Running out of this voice. Next time there will be no leniency. Do you understand me? Yeah, Your Honour. Thank you very much. (laughs) Immediately climbs into a car and drives out of the courtroom. Backs over the... Defence Council. <laughs> Thank oh. my Christmas spirit. That's all. Thank my Christmas arse. <laughs> Shove it up your arsehole. That's all. Oh. Next. Oh. Alison Junker smirked. Next. Death. <laughs> Alison Junker smirked over her client's shoulder <laughs> and Yuki gave her her drop dead look before leaving the courtroom, feeling like she'd been punched in the face by Santa Claus. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Wow. So the purpose of that... Was nothing. Well... Nothing happened. If I'm being charitable and allow my Christmas spirit to take over me, it's to set up that (laughs) Yuki is not on a um, good run. Yuki's having a bad day. She's a confident prosecutor who's having a bad one. Why the fuck we needed so much detail about kids getting run over in the head and limbs and... And husbands with MS. Someone with an MS, yeah. Another complete shit show. Two in a row. Yeah. Um, How the fuck do we... I honestly don't know. Um, Death, Uh, death, death. (laughs) 
Judge Judge Judy. Judge Judy, judge, actually. I'd remember ju- that. Ju- no, no, no. Uh, judge Judy and Executioner. <laughs> judge Judy and Executioner. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Perfect. We're not going to forget that one. Oh. All right, last one. Let's uh, wrap this up. Oh, I'm more proud of that one than I should be. No, that that's probably the wittiest oh. one yet. In fact, <laughs> none of them are witty, are they? Let's be honest. They're as uh, stupid as the book. Random number. Random number. 57? 57. Ladder to heaven, 57. I want this one to be a good one, you know? I want this one to be batshit, like back in the good old days of Inspector Gadgets, that <laughs> kind of thing. I want I want Dr. Gadgets. I want buildings exploding. I want people getting shot one day before retirement. Mm. It's weird Just that we've had chapter James. 5, chapter 7, and now chapter 57. Is that that is weird actually? Yeah. Maybe a whole maybe all, maybe all that nothing adds up to a big old something. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully. Although I have to say this this character Yuki, I see is a kiss of death. She's always in the worst, most boring ones. Is this is this Yuki again? I'm afraid so. For fuck's sake! Yuki was propped up in bed with her laptop. Yuki was one who Yuki was the one who walked through the court, walked down that corridor for an entire chapter for like two wasn't days. She? Yeah. Oh, okay. She's in her bed on her laptop. It was just past midnight, which meant Christmas Eve was tonight. <laughs> well. Well, great. Well, thanks, James. Really set the scene. She was wearing one of Brady's shirts as a nightgown and was aggravated that he wasn't home. Zach Brady? Is he called Zach Brady? No, Brady is a cop. Zach someone is, is a Brady lawyer. Brady a cop? I've got, I've got him on the okay. chapter notes. Zach Jordan. Zach Jordan, okay, never mind. Or Zach Brannigan, as I think of Zach him Zach Brannigan, he might as well be. Yeah. They'd made no... Uh, sorry, I know, aggravated he wasn't home. They'd made no plans for Christmas, not for dinner in or out with friends. So, no plans then. Unopened That's cards... No, that is the definition of no plans. Yeah, I haven't got any plans in or out. <laughs> or plans up or Could plans down. Said. They'd made no plans for Christmas. Um, unopened cards and wrapped gifts were still were on the coffee table, but there was still no tree. Brady had warned her that his life would belong to the job if he took over for Jacoby as chief of police and kept doing his other work oh, as well. Oh, she's, she's married to the chief of police or the next in line of chief of police. Jacoby gets shot. But maybe that's happened, I was thinking. So he's had to okay. step up. But yeah, um, okay. perfect sentence that summarises these women's crime, women's murder club books. She's lying in bed at home thinking about her husband. Who's doing all the crime solving. While she wears one of his shirts, t-shirts, plays on and her computer about not having planned enough for Christmas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Women's crime club, everyone. Yeah, the <laughs> the situation was meant to be temporary, and she'd encouraged him to see if being the top cop agreed with him. She hadn't realised wow. that he'd be working all the damned time. That's kind of what I think. That's kind of what high-level police works like. Mm. Yuki was also mad at herself because she'd fallen for the latest of Cindy's crusades, this one to get Eduardo Varela out of jail. As if Oh yeah, we know that we one. We know this one, don't we? Yeah. And Cindy is the magazine writer. Yep. The one the the crack crime journalist who's currently in the lifestyle section. Yeah. Because woman. Yep. As if that weren't bad enough, she had unveiled her friend, Zach Jordan, into taking Varela's case. <sighs> pressure and more pressure. So now we're imagining three men. <laughs> This is mad. Yep. When Varela was arrested 12 hours after the murder, the police had... Oh, it's not about her! No. There's nothing in this chapter about her! No. 
the police had administered a gunshot residue, GSR, test. If gunpowder was present, it would prove that he had fired a gun. I know what a gunshot residue test is, James. Um, Now Yuki knew the results of that test. No GSR had been found on Eduardo's hands or sleeves. This means he had not fired a gun that day. No gun had been found on his person. For fuck's sake. And the murder weapon had not been recovered at all. Only the witness statements of three neighbourhood boys, gang members with arrest records, tied Eduardo to the murder. Eduardo believed that one of them had actually done the murder. She believed Eduardo... Done a murder. Oh, sorry. Eduardo believed one of them had actually done the word yeah. murder. She believed Eduardo. Why hadn't Peter Bard... Who? Who? <laughs> Why hadn't Peter Bard, Eduardo's attorney, presented the GSR test results to the judge at his arraignment? Why? I'm looking for silly shit with names now. I'm thinking Bard, trading at the bar. Whatever. Why hadn't Bard... This is the worst chapter we've ever done. <laughs> Why hadn't Bard discredited the so-called witnesses and pointed the finger at them? Now they had something to go on. Despite his busy schedule, Zach had gotten Varela a pre-trial hearing at 9am. Zach is the well hero done, once again, Adam. Well done, Zach. You've done it again. <laughs> and, you, and you did it off stage too. So James didn't have to write about how hard that was. You just did it. This is my favourite Zach Jordan book ever. <laughs> but Yuki wanted to talk... Do you remember, do you remember when he went into, up into the hills and did, did yoga for 10 years? I still presume we're going to get that chapter. Oh. But Yuki wanted to talk to Eduardo's original lawyer. Pete, sorry, yeah. But he wanted to talk to Eduardo's original lawyer, Peter Bard. This was tur- that was turning out to be impossible. The last place Bard had worked had gone out of business. He didn't answer his phone. Her email to him had bounced back. During the past two years, he could have moved to Fiji. For all she knew, he had died there. So hang on, is she saying like, for all I know, he could have moved to Fiji? and Or is she yeah. saying he's probably moved to Fiji and for all she knew, he's dead on Fiji? I think the idea is that it's been so long that he could be anywhere. Yeah. And Fiji is just the most foreign place James Patterson can think <laughs> of. He should have used Timbuktu. That would that if he'd used Timbuktu, I would have. <laughs> It'd be better, I would have it? gone all in on it being the AI. Yeah. Why didn't he answer his damned phone? Yuki texted both Zach and Cindy to let them know about what could be exculpatory evidence. GSR test was negative and never mentioned at arraignment. That's what she's messaging. It's in italics. She put down her phone. She put her phone down on the night table, and when it buzzed, Yuki glanced at the screen. Brady. He had promised to be home hours ago. She didn't want to break a concentration and get into a long talk with him now on his drive home. Oh, my God. God. Now we're actually on the other side of a conversation about a drive home. <laughs> she had said she had her stiff I'm busy voice when he went. <laughs> she had her stiff I'm busy voice on when she answered the phone. Are you sleeping? Busy, 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 busy. <laughs> Brady asked. Working, she said. <laughs> Okay. Um, that's that's that, that's exactly the same thing as just saying busy, busy, busy. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Me too. Jacoby and I are <laughs> patrolling the like presidio. Well, because that's how I imagine James, pa- James Patterson's male characters all are. <laughs> okay. Me too. Jacoby and I are patrolling the presidio. Should be home soon. Uh huh. She said. She heard the dispatcher's staticky voice coming over Brady's car radio. I'll let you go. Yuki said to her husband. See you in a bit, he said. We'll go get that tree in the morning. Be safe. 
she said. She hung up before any phone kisses could clear the air and got back into the dubious case against Eduardo Varela. I've now fully sunk down into my chair. There is no, You've no gone, yeah. further I can go. And that's everything. Well, awful. Worst chapter yet. They were all terrible. Maybe worse even those, than last time, which I remember being pretty grim. Um, those were the worst three chapters we've read concurrently. The best thing I can say about them is that they were mercifully short. And all yes. chapters are short, but they were even sh- short for him. Those were like a page and a half. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which is good because we spent I, yeah. loads of time talking about Jeffrey Epstein. So, <laughs> oh. one word since we haven't done a one word thing, I, I'm tempted to just um, type a scream. Um, I've, I've, it needs to be somehow related. Um, can we can we just go? Can we just type four men? <laughs> okay, as in um, people who work on the docks. <laughs> sure. Okay. But this um, F O U R hyphen men four men. Four men. Oh. Because that's what that chapter was really about. Okay, cool. Well, um, I can only apologise, Adam. Awful. That's been awful. Awful.